like disagree. It's, go to Patrogino's and then go to like like a like a um, I don't I never had the one in Camden Donkeys, but I hear that's Donkeys. Great cheesesteak. Great cheesesteak. What up, everyone? Welcome back to another Forfeit Podcast. Metal Matt here. We got Big John Stud. We got the J Lo. We got the Wild Bill. Wrapping up Sixer Sons, talking about how we're having the 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 typical Philly uh, stereotypical debate. It it is it is it a cheesesteak or is it roast pork? What is the what is the what is the better sandwich? And who can make the better said sandwich? What's up? Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Roast pork or cheesesteak? Now I I will say that I will say that you take the top five cheesesteak places in Philly. You name you name them, whatever you think they are, and there's really no, there's really not that big of a difference to me. I know they're much better than a Doc shit sandwich because that's what we fucking got tonight to watch. It's the only <laughs> Sixers. Sixers about to ready to blow, blow, I love it. blow it there down to the well. But, but 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 like, here's a difference to me. Like Pats, they don't chop the steak, right? So it's like little little subtle things like that. Gyms, you can get lettuce or tomato or different different accoutrement on your steak. Mm-hmm. Some some places see that as blasphemy, you know. It's either it's either whiz or or onions or whatever, you know. Now the roast pork, I like a roast pork sandwich. I'm not a roast pork savant like the J Lo might be over here. So what is your typical roast pork do's and don'ts? You know, we know the cheesesteak do's and does. What are the roast? Is there a roast pork do's and don'ts? I mean, it's. Sharp provolone, broccoli rob, and right, so like if I wanted American cheese instead of sharp provolone, would you like kick me into dingling over that or? Well, no, it's just it it messes the the flavors up. Like now, sometimes depending on the place I go, I'll ask them like, "How sharp is your 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 sharp provolone?" Because like some places, you know, that shit can like cut through wood. It's 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 strong. Yeah, so like I'll cut, do cut through the lining of your stomach. Yeah. So like in, in that situation, I'll do like a half and half. I'll do half sharp, half um, mild provolone, but typically sharp provolone, broccoli rob, and just the roast pork. And you just fucking go to town. It's the, the, the biggest difference, you know, there, like you, like you said, there's, there's, you know, every place is a little different, but the the eleven the the it's all the same thing. You're using a flat top and you're you're cooking a steak, you're either chopping it or flipping it, whatever. You're cooking it with onions or and mushrooms or you're not. But it's that's it. Like that's the that that's all as long as you have a decent cooktop and you're using decent meat, you're gonna you're gonna get a good cheesesteak. But like a roast pork actually requires skill. Like you have to know what you're doing when you're braising the meat. You're slowly roasting it. You're doing all of that stuff, and it takes hours and hours and hours and hours to make the roast pork to get it to where it is. And then you have to cook the broccoli up, and you have to do all that. So like, it's it's more of a you know a skill than just slapping something on and you know cooking it for X amount of minutes, flipping it, cooking it again, 
throwing cheese on it and throwing it in a roll. Like there's a difference between the two, but like they each have their place. I mean, hell, the other thing I'll do sometimes is I'll get broccoli rob on my cheesesteak, which is good too. Now you're just getting nuts. Now, now I'm just getting nuts. You're getting too Things crazy. Out the window. You're getting too crazy. I mean, John, that's like John, like trying ketchup for the first time ever. Oh, fuck that. I never, I don't get that, dude. What, why don't you like ketchup? It's weird. I don't like ketchup like, like you'd think, but then I do like cocktail sauce. That's a weird thing. Which yeah. is essentially the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's just smothered in horseradish. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Never liked condiments when I was a kid. And just still don't. So, like, if you get a burger, do you not get like mayo and mustard on it? Yeah, cheese. Dude, you got to go. You got like lettuce, tomato on it? Nope. John. So, you eat like a, you eat like a, uh, a six-year-old when it comes yeah. to hamburger. Bro, you need to put a little right, mayo on the bottom. Judge fit. All right, judge fit. No, 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 pick, no. Oh, and 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 you don't and 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 pickles are shunned, right? No, oh, pickles. No, I'm deathly afraid of pickles. Why? Why no. are you afraid of a pickle? It's 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 a it's 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 just the flavor. There's so many different ways you can. Um, Jesse, help me out. What's the word I'm looking for? What? Different ways you well, can make a pickle. Like they're they can be sweet, they can be really bitter, they can no, be No, but I, yeah, but the process. The, oh yeah, it's like you brine it and you the do brine, all the brining. Thank you. Thank you. The brine. There's so many different ways you can brine them. Yeah. You can make them hot, you can make them spicy. Yeah. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> we'll have to go we'll have to we'll have to go to uh the kibitz room and go to the pickle bar. Oh dude. I have a, we'll just find a quiznos. We'll go to the pepper bar. Yeah, John, the next time you do a burger, trust me on this one. Just do a no. little mayo on the bottom bun. Just a yeah. little. Just we'll tell that. I'm not I'm not trusting them. Jesse, so Jesse, a little we'll, bit we'll of mayo on the bottom bun. Thin, she'll say it's a little melted cheese, you John, know, underneath it, there. It acts as knows. a moisture barrier between the greasy burger and the bun, so your the bottom bun does not get destroyed. I don't know where you're getting burgers, but I don't, have, I don't eat greasy burgers either. I got good burgers. Oh, so you want it cooked within an inch of its life so it's dry and disgusting. You like that? hockey puck in yeah. between your bread, like that. a hockey puck. So for any of our other listeners that, you know, like a juicy burger that may be, you know, medium rare, put a little put a little mayo on the bottom bun. Keeps the bun from falling apart. There you go. Burger, you go. burger corner. Broad, burger, burger corner. corner. As, <laughs> as, a, as a as a reformed fat guy, trust yes. me on that one. <laughs> reformed fat guy. <laughs> oh man! Well, the Sixers just dropped one by five to the Suns. Speaking of uh, fourteen oh, point lead. Now listen, it, it, you know we we uh yeah Sixers West is like uh, as as John likes to call them six are, are the West Coast Sixers. West Coast Sixers. Bom, bom, bom. Can I can I put a uh, can I put a uh, um, I don't know what's called but I want to put something on the table. Can we get rid of the old this new Sixer song? Go back to the old Sixer song. What's the old Sixer song versus the new Sixer song? No, there's only one Sixer song. No, this is a 2006 or song. No, this is the hell out of here. We're not you're done. Yeah. Type, no, 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 no. You, you and hip, you and hip hop, and your and your black and gold jersey. Kid. Listen, I think that's a jam, man. 
Yeah. No, there's yeah. there's Fat and White Hat are Philly Philly guys. There's you, there's, you there's and... only one Sixer song, and that ain't it. That's uh, not it. I think we need to go back to that era, baby, and bring that back. We need those, like you said, you need those black black uniforms. We need this song. I'm Maybe all for a black. black uni- I'm all for a black uniform, but I don't want any gold in it. Hip hop, bring back hip hop. Pat Croce from the ceiling, turn this team around. We could bring back Pat Croce. I don't have no problem with that. I was uh, I was doing some doing some diligent research before the podcast began, as I hope most of my fellow members here are doing. Can you think of the le- some of the big time trades that happen during or right before the trade deadline in the NBA? Some of the biggest ones in history. Can you think of them? Got any ones? Uh, was was Durant one of them? No, he was wasn't. Off-season. He wasn't at the trade deadline. Um, let me think. I'll give you some big ones. I'll give you some big ones. In 2011, the uh, Clippers dumped Baron Davis to the Cavaliers, and you call that a big? You call that a big trade deadline? Well, let me finish. Let me finish. All right. So the Clippers moved the ball. They dumped Baron Davis to the Cavaliers and ended up becoming the first overall pick with which Cleveland added Kyrie Irving. Fun fact there. So sometimes a first-round player to take a player off your hands is worth it. You know what I'm saying? Um, some of the other bigger ones, Lakers get Pau Gasol in 2008. Never liked Pau Gasol. Never liked him? No. He helped the Lakers win two NBA titles. He, he, all, he did, but he was a bitch. All you ring chasers. Um, Rasheed Wallace to the Pistons in 2004. All right, that's, a, that, uh, that's notable. That was a three-team deal. Um, and then one of the bigger ones that I'm surprised that you guys didn't know is Sixers, Sixers fans. It can be Matumbo in 2001. He was traded from the Atlanta Hawks. For Pepe Sanchez, Tony Kukoc, Nazir Muhammad, and Theo Ratliff. That's a yeah. lot of players for one guy. But yeah, but he was, in my opinion, he's arguably the X factor as to why we made it to the finals. Yeah, we had AI and he was good and all. But I think no one drove on the Kembe Matumbo that year. You just could not get to the hoop. Right. Um so yeah, just a couple. I'll give you an a couple stat. other notable ones in there as well. I'll give you an AI stat that you're gonna love. AI career record as a Sixers three fifty and three forty two. Yeah, that's a real, real, real law legend right there, pal. He's a legend. He came to five hundred in eleven years. Worth, worth a standing out every time he comes. Wait, you know, uh, wait. staggers in high and drunk. You're to gonna tell park. me that Allen Iverson is not a legendary Sixer? He is. He's a legendary. No, he is. He is. He is. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. The fact that that's the only thing in the last 25 years that this team has to hang their hat on is that punk. Well, that's I mean, come on. We got we got Charles Barkley. We got Ben Simmons. I'm talking 25 years. You got Ben Simmons. You got Julius Randle. I'm I'm talking in the last 25 years. Julius Irving. Yeah, because Iverson got drafted in 96, I think, 97. So that he was, was the, He was in the 96 class, yeah, with much better, and far, and far more superior players. And he ran Jerry Stackhouse out of town, too. I, uh, he didn't like playing with Jerry because he didn't like to pass the ball. 
So Jerry left a year or two after that because uh, Larry Brown had to keep uh, keep AI happy. Well, I mean, it'd be one thing if Jerry like moved, you know, lit the world on fire somewhere else. He didn't really. He was a Matt, decent like role player. Matt, to your point, I understand. You, I understand your thoughts and feelings on Allen Iverson, and I feel like until, like from an Eagles perspective, McNabb was that guy until the, the Eagles were able to win a Super Bowl, and people kind of were like, okay, when McNabb was here, it was fun. It was a great time, but he didn't help us win. And I understand where you're at with Allen Iverson on that. I just can't wait. I can't wait until, you know, hopefully Joel can hoist that trophy and – you know, we could be like, oh, yeah, Allen Iverson, that was that, that was fun times. That was cool. Yeah, you know. Um, hip-hop, great. Real, real nice. Well, I mean, the, the one thing that I think the Sixers did at that time with Pat Kirchie and with what they developed from a, like a fan perspective, like that, that's – the city was, was a bubble. Oh, yeah. Certain about like – Allen Iverson had the city in the palm of his hand and he was our, you know, he was our hope. He was. And, uh, here's a real question. I mean, that was the same. I mean, I get, you know, I know AI was the pick, but what do you think? Um, you know, that's Kobe's draft. But if we took Kobe instead, what would the franchise be? I'm not believing there's AI was the consensus number one pick. I mean, out of Georgetown, it was a it was a no brainer, and and I'm glad they took him because there were talks. I remember back then of going Stephon Marbury because he was the other hot pick. It was I him think, and Cam and Mark and, and were, were the three like whoever you like the best. You can't go wrong with. And we picked right, but it's funny how like uh, it, like uh, we talked about it earlier in the Hinky's last draft was Okafor. He took Okafor to fourth pick when you already have Nerlens and Joel. And that was the year Booker went up 13th. So we passed on Devin Booker because we just couldn't pass on Jai. And he was, you know. He, I honestly he, think I honestly think it would have ended ugly if, say, we picked Kobe because Kobe wasn't drafted by the Lakers. He was drafted by the Hornets. And he didn't want to go to Charlotte. No, but, you know, to, He was going to one but, team and one team only. Well, yeah, well I, I mean, you know, I, he, who knows if he says no to the Sixers. But. I think in the condition that the, that the Sixers was in, were in in 1996, I 1,000% would put money on Kobe, you know, sh- strangleholding a, uh, a a trade on draft night. Yeah, like, uh, let's be real. For a long time, Kobe didn't even claim to be like, you know, I'm not from Philly. Like, he didn't want nothing to do with the city, with the Sixers. The Sixers were terrible back then. Yeah, like he didn't want anything to do with that. Like, yeah, if, if they if they drafted well, him, the Hornets, uh, probably back then. It, it would have been like the the year that the 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 Phillies drafted. Uh, what's his nuts? And they he told him, don't Drew. draft, don't yeah, JD Drew. They're, and they told him like, look, if you're not going to give us this much, don't. Don't don't do it because we won't sign. And this, you know, the the, the Phillies were like, uh, you know, they called their called his bluff. And sure enough, they kept their word and, and held out the entire year and went back into the draft and were still a, a got the same amount of money they wanted the very next year to from another team. Like it would have been the same thing. Kobe would have been like, Nope, this ain't this ain't it, man. I'm out. 
Kobe wasn't traded from Charlotte because he didn't want to play in Charlotte. Kobe was traded from Charlotte because, if I remember correctly, Mitch Kupchak was the Lakers GM Correct. in 96. Yeah, but they weren't elite yet. They had Shaq, Nick Van Exel, um, Eddie Jones. They traded Eddie Jones for Kobe because the Hornets right. were still a playoff team at that point, I'm pretty sure. No, and they, no, I'm sorry, they couldn't be because they were in the lottery. My bad. That's that's that's, that's false. false I mean, you gotta sort of tip your cap to Mitch Kupchak for knowing and you know, basically, you know. Doing and was that. that the year you were allowed to go from Westwood to the NBA? Was that the Kobe year, the first time you could go? Because because you were not allowed to do that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it was, but that was pretty close. It was one of the first years. It was one of the I, first years. I'm trying to think, the la- the last guy I think was that Pacers center, Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah. We had Lou Williams. We had Sweet Lou. Gave him away. That's a good move. Only became the, one of the best scorers in NBA history off the bench. But I mean, it's hard. One of the six men. I mean, when you're 18, 19, and you're playing against grown ass men, no matter what you do, you're not going to be shit on the court at that point. So how do you really evaluate that talent? Like. Especially you know. if, especially if you're, if you're, if your veteran, um, you know, mentor is Allen Iverson. Well, yeah, you're not learning shit. Yeah, you know, the, you know, the, the, the the quintessential. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess he kind of falls into that category that, like, if he ever just like, I, and I know he played her, and like that was one of the endearing things. Like the guy was a walking injury, and he just strapped it up up every night for game time. Like I get that. And that's why, you know, at times I feel bad murdering him. But if he can I don't. When, when, the guy, when the guy's hurt, when the guy's hurt, he should be down there, face of Philadelphia, the face of the franchise, instead of being courtside, coaching these guys, these kids up and being a mentor and being there for the team like a true leader. He's at the Hilton on City Line or at Hands getting fucking bombed with his boys yeah. while watching the Sixers lose on TV. Matt, so Matt, yeah, it's great, great face of the franchise. But but Matt, not to really not to that point, but there's guys now like a James Harden who have been reported to be at night clubs the night after games and, and doing the same thing. So. That's fine. The night after a game, fine. While your team's playing, I got an issue with that. Got an yeah, issue. That, I think Matt's right a little bit. Like it's just the optics, like it's you know, again, I'm not defending what, you know, James does either, but I mean, like, I know he was on the bench tonight. He was on the bench wearing his Prada face mask. He's got a straight uh, hamstring. He's had it for like five games. No, I'm not saying that he's there on the bench. We're saying AI wouldn't do that. He wouldn't be on the bench. He would not show up to the arena when he, he wasn't even in the arena. He wasn't even like, I can see like, even like do what Joe Joe did. Like, all right, you don't want to be a distraction. You want to stay in the locker room. And do you see how he's guarding you? Maybe do it like, be part what's, of the what's team. worse? What's worse, doing that or doing what Ben Simmons is doing? Oh, Ben, it's not, it's not a question. But we're not saying Ben. Yeah, is but Ben's not the face of Philadelphia. <laughs> Ben's not like your hope. Ben's not your number one guy. I don't know. They they sold the fans on Ben being the hope when we drafted him. Yeah, we did. I mean, he was it. He was the LeBron James. No, no, the, the, no, the hope the hope was always and will always be with this team, Joe Embiid. Ben Simmons was going to be the Robin, Robin to Batman. To Batman. Yeah. And 
and and the two of them combined were supposed to be the 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 MJ Pippen of of the 76ers and it didn't obviously didn't pan out that way but the the, the backbone of this whole process whatever the hell you want to call it has always been Joel Embiid Matt how can you how can you say that when people what people how can you say that when the idea for this whole tank and people started to come up with the idea of winless for Wiggins, they weren't sold on Joel Embiid. Winless, for, winless for Wiggins was just a, a just a ploy. Like I mean, I I don't think we ever thought we were ever gonna get Wiggins. Well, no, Wiggins was the guy everybody wanted, but once we had Joel, like we you know we shifted our focus because he was our guy. Like I mean, because it was. Winless for Wiggins, and then Jabari Parker was the other guy we had to have it too. Wiggins was the first guy that everybody won. I'm glad we didn't get either of these guys. Joel only played like 15 games his last year at Kansas because he had back and knee issues. So everybody said he could be the next Olajuwon, but it's health, and he's really raw. So, you know, but I think people fell in love with him quickly, though, John. To Matt's point, only that. They saw him at the gym and being a part of the team and like wanting to get better. So I think his personality endeared us to what he could be, you know, and that's why we got lucky that, you know, we, we, we were doing the win list for Wiggins. He was supposed to be the next great Dwayne Wade wing player guy. And, you know, so that's where we, the only kind of luck we've had in this situation is we got the three pick instead of the one or two. because We got two. We're going Jabari Parker. And how did that work out? I'm going to the point now where, like, I understand he's playing well, and I'm I'm glad he's playing well. It's great. I'm just I just wish that this this part of his game was there two years ago, and maybe we wouldn't be in the situation we're in. But we can't blame him for that. But like, man, if he did come to a couple of those beginnings of seasons where he was overweight and he was work, what well, you know, was out of shape, you know, was eating like crap. You saw him like on the sidelines eating cheeseburgers and shit like maybe maybe this does work out but no i mean he was immature i mean you know i mean even hearing him on the mike miss interview you can just tell like he's a veteran now like this is his sixth year in the league he's 27 like he you know he he understands i think and that's why the match point about wanting to see him win a chip that this guy gets it now like yeah i agree probably was a year or two too late like he probably should have maybe but the fact that he realizes that, like, he now knows the pain of losing in the playoffs in heartbreaking fashion to the Raptors, to the Hawks. And he knows that, like, there's no reason to talk shit because you ain't won nothing. Like, and this is how the league is. Like, you can talk shit like he does, but he don't run his mouth. And I think he's learned that, like, let your game be the, be the, be the biggest microphone you got. And that's why I think it's so easy to root for this guy because he's grown as a player. Like he's well, I just, think he's also grown off the court too. I mean, it's going to sound a little cliche, but the guy, I feel like ever since he had a kid, I think a, a switch has gone off in his head. Um, and he was raised with good parents. Like they're both thought, like, I mean, not that, that whatever, I mean, but that shit matters. Like he had, you know, like I think his parents were doctors in Cameroon. Like he, you know, he wasn't, you know, and I mean, and I, and I think that's just kind of like, that'd be always like John said all the time. It's when you, you're 23, 24, and they give you $150 million. It's tough yep. to not act a fool a little bit. Well, think so. about it. Think about it. Guy's guy never been outside of Africa. He comes to America, gets drafted, 
first round gets like to your point, Bill, you know, millions of dollars thrown at him. I mean, what do you, what do you think is going to happen for a little while? You know, I mean, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to test the waters. He's going to have fun. He's going to let loose a little bit. And now I think, you know, he's settled here. I feel like he loves, I think he's, he's, he's kind of rooted himself in Philly. I think Philly has, you know, returned the favor of, of in the relationship and, and showing him the love and, and how, and how he could be, you know, he could be beloved here. And if he gets a chip, I mean, it would be, you know, he would be a God, you know, in Philly sports. I mean, he would be, he'd be like Dr. J he'd be, you know, he'd be, you know, he'd be, he'd be like Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Nick Foles. I mean, I mean, because you don't have many rings. So the guys that help get us, it's your, your beloved for life. And you know, it's, you know, we say, oh, somebody's, oh, he's not, Ben's not a Philly guy and he's not. And, you know, or maybe this player's not. Joel's become a Philly guy. Like, he, like, it's refreshing to see he's an athlete that when he does get criticized, he doesn't, like, push back and be like, well, you know, I, you know, it's not my, no, he, he owns his shortcomings. It's just, you know, I think at this point we're seeing, like, a game like tonight that, yeah, Toby had 30 and it was a decent game. But to beat teams of the Suns' caliber, you need more than, like, two good players. You need, like, three or four. And we have two good ones and then a couple of eh guys. Maxi could be good, and, you know, but he's he – kid's 20. He can't, even buy, he can't even buy beer yet. And so it's like, you know, what? Like, he supposed to shut down Chris Paul? Like, not going to happen. Like, he played hard. But it's – you know, and that's why when you hear fans say, oh, I don't – again, I don't think we have to to get James. But when you hear fans say, I can't get – give up max because I, I, I talked about my neighbor and he kind of agreed today like maxi could become an all-star for 10 12 years and that's great but maxi can't be your starting putting on a championship level team tonight just shows that like he's not ready like he was what i i, I think he probably didn't even score seven eight points like you can't have a guy with the ball in his hand and, and score seven or eight points for 40 minutes like that just shows you like he could be good but Again, I don't think we're going to have to trade him to get James, but there should be nobody off the table other than Joel to get James Harden on this team. With my point, here's now here's the here's the question I ask you guys. Say, tomorrow, tomorrow night, into Thursday, we wake up and we read that the Sixers have negotiated a deal to bring James Harden here for whatever it is. For X, Y, and Z, okay. It, it reminds me of the first thing that comes to mind is the scene in Scarface when Tony's behind his desk and he knows he's got an onslaught coming coming after him, and he's he's got his last he's on his last shot. This is his last this is his last go at survival, right? And he goes, all right, I'm reloaded. I'm ready to go. But he knows there's a very good chance that he's not going to make it out alive, meaning he's going to die. It's going to be the end. This is the end. But he's going to go out with everything he's got, right? Because he's built this empire. He's, he's made all this money, right? He's got all this credibility, I feel like this is the the Sixers are Tony Montana in this in their situation 
of I've sold the ba- the, the fans this bag of goods. We've we brought people. We've, we brought the butts back in the seats. We're making all this money. We're up against the wall. Getting James Harden reloads us, but it, it's it's do or die. Like if this doesn't work, we're dead. Like no. it's back to it's back to twenty five cent seats and dollar dog nights. Here's the uh, what's Harden's contract? Because that's the other thing. Like, isn't it up this year? No, he has a player option for next year. So he'll, but yeah, he, he only signed a year in Brooklyn, right? He only no, did. No, he got traded with. He had a four year deal. He, this is the he he has a player option for next year, but he's going to decline it because he can get a max deal five years, like two hundred and some million. So that's the other thing. Like the assets you give up have to be proportionate to. Well, Ben's a big asset. Yes, but if they're saying we want other players or we want this, we want, you know, it's. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Daryl, if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm still trying to move Ben Simmons, Danny Green, and a first round pick for James Harden. That's fine. But all I'm saying is like, if you're giving up a lot, you, you have to know it can't be what happened. What was it? Two years ago now where you give up everything you've got, you get the guy. No, but that's the thing. Ben Simmons, good riddance, right? I mean, we all know that that is not going to work here. It's, it's a Pete, John, to your point, it's a PR nightmare. It's, it's got it's making us look worse every second that he remains on our payroll he's got to go right so well, i mean i'm i'm not saying that but like no i, no, I know you're not so you are right? but i think jesse i think this is something where you know not supposed to i'm sure there's back channels like james we do this you sign the max extension pal like this isn't this isn't we're trading you for 30 games, and if we don't win a championship, you're going to say, oh, you know what, I'm leaving. Uh, yeah. No, oh, I see your point. No, yes. No. He's not a rental player for this season. Yeah, no. Because yeah, if no. we trade it's... for him now, we can give him the max extension that, net, that Brooklyn can give him in the offseason. So that's why I think James is pushing now, because if he stays in Brooklyn, which he doesn't want to do, he can get $70 million more out of their max deal. But if we trade for him now, we can give him that same max deal ourselves. So I, my my gut feeling, knowing he's Daryl friends with him, Michael Rubin, the owner, part owner, is friends with him. I guess our president, our president, I forget his name, is supposedly he's friends with him. I gotta think there's back channel information. Like, yo, we pull this off, you're gonna be a sixer for the next five years, come hell or high water. So I and I think that's why. Yeah, the five year the five year thing scares me because I don't know if he's got I mean, five years left. It, it's going to be the Ryan Howard deal. Um, neither you, is, neither you does Joel. So. Out of him, if you get three or four years with him and Joel every year, you're a championship contender. And then that last year, you're probably going to have a shitty contract to deal with in that fifth year when he goes down. So at that point, Joel is going to be 31, 32. He's going to be he's going to pass his prime. So that's why this is, this is you're all in, push your chips in now, and thus kind Reloaded. of in the next three years to be a legit contender with those two. And, and, and Jesse, I mean, and you're not giving up that much in Danny Green and, okay, we'll throw And Ben, I mean, Ben at this point, you know, because because it's funny listening to national people last, like, few weeks because they're all like, yes. oh, it'll never happen. 
Brooklyn will never trade, like all the, you know, Bobby Marks all those experts, you know, those guys, Wojo's, oh, they'll never do this, they'll never do this. But now that's probably going to happen, barring, barring something crazy in the next day or so. Now, and now I'm hearing out of Nets, like these NBA people, actually, this might not be good for the Sixers because Ben Simmons could be the missing link because he could play the five and guard Joel and run the game. Like, it's just so how funny how like there's such an anti-Sixers hate from national media that this was a stupid idea, never going to happen. Now that it's probably, I'd say, 75% going to happen, I think I'd be more shocked now if it didn't happen. And if it does now, like everyone's saying, like even Stephen A., oh, this is a bad idea for the for the, you know for the Sixers putting Ben with 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 KD and Kyrie. Now he's going to lock down Joel. Like even if, like they said that, like who's going to like Ben's going to lock down Joel in the post? First of all, like that's fucking comical. And then number two, all of a sudden Ben's going to become this like offensive weapon for this like. I mean, yes, he's a great defender. He's the first All NBA defender two years in a row. Like those. Don't grow on trees. I get that. And he, and he really is not a point guard, but he's a 6'11 guy who can dribble and pass very well. So, yeah, he makes the net you know, better on defense. But it's just, to me, comical that the story was Nets will never do this. Not going to happen. Now that they will, it's like, well, actually, this makes the Nets better than the Sixers probably. It's the, like, the national media, to me, when they start talking about my teams, it's like they're like the nosy neighbor. Like when you're doing something at your house, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're putting in, you're put you're making an improvement on your house or something. They're always the nosy neighbor that comes over and always wants to get in your business, tell, tell you their opinion. And, you know, no matter if you agree or not, you have to sit there and listen to it because it's forced down your fucking throat. It's like, go away. I don't, I hate it when the national media talks about the Eagles the Flyers, the Phillies, and the Sixers. I, I can't stand it. I think the reason why you guys feel that way and why the national um, why the national media feels that way is the way that the Sixers went about doing what they did was was bad for the sport. I think that's truly no. no, no and, and I agree, and 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 I get that, and that's why. And like I said before, as long as Joel's here playing like an MVP. I know you don't have the slogan. I'm just saying it for just conversation's sake. Joel is the last piece to the process. And once we trade, if, we, if and when we trade Ben, there will really be no more pieces other than Joel from the process. So I think, because even with Joel, like, I was listening to people argue, like, or last week, on, I think it was first take, it was Stephen A. And it, it, it was Monica McNutt. She's like an NBA writer now. I see her on some shows, whatever. And the question was is, who do you take one-on-one, you know, Joel or, or, or Jokic? And then it was like, who do you want on your team? Like, and, and you know, and, and Stephen A is pulling the, oh, I know Joel's a bad man and this, that, and the other. But, you know, Jokic, you know, averages five more assists than Joel and da-da-da-da. They not once did he bring up how Joel's been a second-team all-defensive player for the last four years in a row. Like, nobody, like, nobody wants to give him props nationally because – and like you're right, John. There's this, and I get it. There's that stink of the tank, to where Joel is now become the centerpiece, even though he wasn't. Well, and Jokic is also an international guy, and that's like, you know, that's so Joel from Cameroon. like the NBA wants to, you know, show is like, oh, you know, international players can shine here. 
You know, Matty from Cameroon. He moved to he moved to the U.S. when he was 19 to go to to go to Kansas. But so, but, and, but and again, but they, to John's point, he's he's tainted with the stink of the of the process and the and, and the tank. John's right that that's you know, and then you know, but again, and I'm not saying it's, it's actually apples, a tough apples. question though because they're both bad dudes, man. Jokic, I know they are. I mean, because I don't think you can go wrong. But Jokic is one of the worst defenders of big men in the league. So it's like to me. Yeah, Joker's probably a little more skilled offensively because he can do a little more, probably. But Joel is night in Joel's second best center and defense behind Rudy Gobert. So was it for Rudy Gobert, Joel Joel's first team all defense? Like that's a big deal. Like that means he's the second best out of thirty-two centers on defense. But I think to what I was going to say to try to again, this isn't defending the tank because it is a hard pill to swallow. But this is how the NBA set up. But it's funny how the, the tank is stinky, and I get it's not apples, apples, what I'm going to say. But how come nobody has a problem with KD going to the Warriors? The team that beat him in the conf- East, Western Conference Finals, back-to-back years, he couldn't beat them, but I joined them to win rings. Like, again, it's not apples to a tank, but he got praised. Oh, you know, he's, a, he's just doing what's best for him. No, he's not. He's, he's tipping the scales, going to a 72-win team, when he's the second-best player at the time, because I think LeBron was still the best player back then, he's the second-best player in the league going to the best team in the league because he couldn't beat him back-to-back years. So I can't beat him. I'm going to join him. That was just Kevin you know, being savvy and this and that. So, again, I know it's not apples to tanking. I get that. But once again, it's like everybody else can do whatever they want. And then it, it, it's just like, I don't know, I guess I'm just so defensive with the anti-Philly hate. That it's just it's just hard for me for that people to ever just be like they did it. We weren't the only team that did it, unfortunately, but we were the team that's been most successful with it, and that's the other thing too. Numerous teams did what we did in the NBA. No, no, that's not. No, Jesse, I'm I'm looking at this link right here. There's no team in the NBA that is that is openly said that they were going to lose for four or five straight years. It was three years, trying to keep saying four or five years. It was three years. Look at, the, look at their record. Look, look who they started signing after year three. You can turn your head all you want. You confuse, you confuse it. it. John, you think it's four or five years because the, the other two years we were just that bad. Okay, we're not going to count Michael Carter-Williams draft as – A rookie of the year? A rookie of the year? So that was getting a rookie of the year. Okay. Okay. I'm mean, I'm being serious. So we, we drafted a guy at number ten who helped us win you're, what twenty four. You're gonna you're gonna go ahead what? So Michael Carter would help Carter Williams helped us win what twenty? We were like twenty four, twenty five wins this rookie season. Okay. So that's not tanking. We didn't we didn't well, trade we, like we yeah we weren't signing free agents, but it wasn't us. We we didn't trade that pick away and say, oh, you know what? We don't, we don't want that guy. We're gonna we're gonna trade away for more picks next year. We're gonna. Oh, no, we were just bad. We were just bad. I would argue two thousand. Oh, I would I would argue. Okay, if you don't want to say Michael Carter Williams, fine. 14, 15, 16, and seventeen. That's four years. If we're gonna if we're gonna piss off each other on one year, fine. But Joel Embiid fourteen, Joel Okafor fifteen. Ben Simmons, 16. Markel Fultz, 17. That's four years. If you can find another team that was doing that to build, then, you, then I will listen. 
But I think that's where a lot of this, when you guys say Philly hate, comes from. I think as a fan. Yeah, but I think it's not even, it's not only just the Sixers, though. Eagles get it. Phillies get it. I mean. They get it for, they get it for different things, Matt. If, they if, get it for different things, but they still get, they get it for different things, but they still get it. That's the thing. It's like, you know, I mean, we, I mean, Jesse sends us all these Twitter posts that happen all over different NFL stadiums, how fans treat opposing teams. And it's like, you never hear, oh, well, you know, the guy must've been way out of line. He must've said something to his wife. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking about organizationally, like trying to lose to get better. Like the the Eagles didn't. Well, no, I mean, I know, I know, I know you're, you're isolating the tank. Yeah. Cause I think what Bill's talking about is just Philly hate in general. Like it doesn't matter if it's the Sixers or the Eagles or the, you know what I mean? Like his comment was, why do the, why does the national media get on the Sixers about the tank when Kevin Durant had a decision to make? And he chose to do what he did. Now, I understand what he was saying. You're not comparing apples to apples. The difference of that, in my opinion, is if Kevin Durant were to choose another team because they decided to lose to get a number one pick, that I think is more comparable. But a, a player's decision to leave a team and go where he wants for free agency because he, because he played out his contract and didn't cry like a baby and want to get out like a lot of NBA players did, he has every right to pick and choose what he wants to do. Do I agree that you should go play for the guy who just beat you? Absolutely not. But we know what the world and what the NBA is like today. It's it's chumming up uh, your boys, your friends, and and playing with those playing with your teammates. That I'm sorry, playing with your friends is is what everyone sort of calls it. I think that's a, that's a stark comparison to coming out and saying, "Hey, we're going to lose for four years." Fine. If you're going to lose for four years, this is my issue with the process. If you're going to come out and say you're going to lose for four years, then then after that process, quote unquote, is done, then you need to have your shit together. We're 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 what three, four. We're almost five years past the process, quote unquote, and we we're every year dealing with something else. It's we need to trade this player to get to this mountaintop. That that wasn't part of the process. But here's about that a little bit, though. To and and I get your point. Tanking is probably one of the worst things you can do in integrity. But and 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 sincerely, don't you feel the NBA stepping in and making us fire Sam Hankey derailed that process? I was just going to say. I was going to say. I'm curious if if Hankey if Hankey stayed on if Hankey stayed aboard. I'm really curious to see how it would have panned out. They made Terry Colangelo on our team. They literally made us fire Sam Hankey. So my, you know, again, it's, I'm not defending the tank. It, it, it's kind of like a dark time in the Sixers franchise. I try to just block it out and I accepted that, you know, we were habitually a six, seven, eight seed and there's no way for us to get better. And but, that was, here's my thing that, bro. How can you, how as fans of the Sixers, how can you accept the four years of tanking and then the following five years say, well, we didn't have our shit. We don't have our shit together because that's basically what, what they're saying every year. We're in this situation right now. I said at the beginning of the season, I said, You're, you, this is what's going to happen. Ben Simmons is not going to play a single game and he's going to hold this team hostage and it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, but, okay? but what I'm saying is the league stepped in and said, 
Sam, you're out. Your plan's dead. Jerry Colangelo came in, started signing big contracts to, to mid-level players and fucked it all up. And then they he got done they wrong. Did the I don't, I don't, they I don't really see. They the CP3 trade to Lakers. They did the same thing that happened with that. And what happened? The Lakers still went out and won a championship. And where's New Orleans right now? They haven't made the playoffs in like 10 years because of it. I don't, fuck that I don't really think. I don't really but, think. But, it's hold on, that. hold on. But that's that's you can't say that. New Orleans drafted Anthony Davis. He was supposed to be the the, the savior. He bitches and complains and leaves to go to the Lakers. Now they have Zion supposed to be the savior, and they're and they're screwing that up. So it's it's not. It, how is that the league's fault that the, that they're screwing up? Like that's, my point. My league, point is like the league the trade from happening. So. Maybe the players that, that they were going to get for Chris Paul could have helped shape that franchise differently to where they don't get Anthony Davis because they're a better team, so they don't have the number one pick because they stink. So maybe they are that 7-8 seed in the playoffs every year to where, like the Sixers were, in basketball purgatory to where you're not going to win ever. And, again, I'm not defending, like, saying that, you know, not, because, like, I don't know their specifics, but I do remember, like, I'm sure they had to get good players back for Chris Paul I can't speak to what the deal was from the Lakers, but I got to think it was going to be good players that probably make them a playoff team, I would think. Maybe not, but I think that's kind of where I get what you're saying, that at this point we should be closer to being a championship team than we are. Like, yes. I, I get that. And, I get that. It's not just like we need to be closer from a player standpoint. We, need, we should have had a, a coach in place, a stable general manager in place, and all of this stuff – that now that we don't have to deal with. It should have been, man, we have everything we need. We just need one bench shooter. We need I 100% something. agree. I 100%. But now every year it's something different that it, it comes up. It's, oh, my God, one year it's Joel can't stay healthy. The other year is Ben can't shoot. The next year is Markel Fultz is hurt. It's, that, that's what's so frustrating about the Sixers is yep. that everyone wants to get on the hype train and join the podcasts and do this and do that, and it's like – why, why, why are we kind of forgetting and glossing over, like, the past here? The reason why we're why we're at where we're at is because this franchise said, "Hey, we're going to lose for four years, and then you know what? We owe it to you to bring you a championship. No questions asked. We're not going to ask for you to do anything." And every year since then, it's been, "Wow, oh, we need something else. Oh, we need something else, and we need something else." That to me is unacceptable. As a fan, that. As a fan of a, of a sporting team, that's insulting. Because I gave you – I let you, that, though, John. I let you me for four years. You have, you have to admit, so the last five years, 17-18, we were 52-30, and 30, third in the conference. 18-19, 51-31, third in the conference. 19-20, that was the pandemic year. We were 43-30. and 30. Ben missed almost the entire year when he had that meniscus thing in his foot. Last year, we were 49-23. and 23 first in the conference. So the last five years, we were third, third, sixth, and first, and we're fifth this year. So and despite, point, and despite despite the circus that's going on right now. Well, I so think the point is, is that they delivered, but we've choked in the playoffs. Like, that's the reality. And part of the process always was was to was to get draft either draft picks or players like Ben and Markell and flip them for Jimmy Butler or James Harden. And we did that, and for whatever fucking reason, we gave Jimmy Butler away to keep Ben. So, like, that's where the process – I really think that was the year it probably died. And we're trying – and DM trying to resuscitate it one last time. And I think that that – I think that team, that team, I think, 
that was, was a that was a lovable that was a lovable team. And to your and, point, John, if Joel was more mature two years ago in his fourth or fifth year, we probably beat the, the Raptors, and who knows what happens maybe for that for that championship. Mm-hmm. But Joel averaged 17 points a game that series. He played horrible that entire series. Was out of shape clearly, and Jimmy carried us. And that's when we had Tobias was kind of eh, and Ben was just we knew Ben was like you know a work in progress. But then what did we do? Brett and I guess it was Brett and Brian Colangelo at the time still said, you know what, Ben, we got to keep Ben happy. He's our guy. Jimmy, you got to go. And that was probably the biggest fork in and the that road. Team, for this that team was so that was that, that the team was so likable. Jimmy, Ben, Joel, JJ. And you're 100 percent right. Like, you know, we and then and then last year. We got cheap and didn't sign JJ for a couple million dollars. Another huge piece. I mean, picture him, picture him in with him off our bench last year against the Hawks. Like he's what we need. If somebody can come in and hit a goddamn shot. So I, you're right, John. I agree that this this front office has done nothing to get us to that next level. They so, got to the doorstep and we're not and we're not at the, we're not able to get in for that final step. And we're six years later, right? 2014. No, I'm sorry. We're we're eight years late now. My math eight. is terrible. Seven, <laughs> seven, seven or eight years later, and we're sitting here, two nights and less than 48 hours before the trade deadline, to try to trade a player that we drafted in 2016 that we thought was going to be the Batman to our Robin, and we're sitting on our hands. That's the problem that I have. Yeah, but but Make but this call, but, but in 48 Make hours. Well, it's 48 hours, well, 48 hours we, we will upgrade from a Robin to, like, Batman and, like, Flash. Flash. You know? that's, that's, like, Batman and Wolverine. Because if we don't get him this year, I will literally, I promise you, I'm going to text you what bar are we going to be at. I'm going to get so fucking pissed drunk. <laughs> and I'm, being like, I'm serious. The Cuz talked about it today, too. And I, like, very rarely agree with the Cuz, but... He's like, just so we're clear, we don't get James. Like, I'm out. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I just can't. Like, this team has put us through emotional roller coaster for eight, nine years, and we're that close. And if you're, and that's what I'm saying before, when guys are like, oh, I won't give up Maxi or I won't give up Thibel, I will give up any fucking person other than Joel for this play, this deal to happen. So if we hear, well, we didn't want to give up Maxi because basically we didn't get James last year because everything I read and. and Again, what we read is, is it true or not? Because we didn't want to give up two more first-round picks in the deal, and the Nets would. So we no. didn't get James last year for two more first-round picks, supposedly. The Rockets were not going to trade James. No, that's not true say. anymore. The, the reports are out everywhere that the Rockets came to James and said, what do you want to go? And James said, whatever the better deal is at, I want to help the Rockets. They uh, will, the Rockets, the Rockets it, were so pissed the fuck off when Maury retired and then ended up in Philly. There was no way we could have offered a hundred first round, you know, the next century of first round picks and they wouldn't have taken it. They wouldn't have. It was spice. So the the elephant in the room here is obviously this trade deadline and what this team needs to do to, to, to make a deal to get this team in over the hump, I guess at this point, I don't know what you want to call it over the hump, end of the process, whatever marketing slogan you want to come up with. I mean, the, the issue the, the issue that I see is as, as closer it gets to the deadline, the, the, the less it's going to happen. And my whole thing was I wish it would have happened in the beginning of the season 
because now you would have had at least 30 or so games to see how it'll work out. And if you needed another piece, now I fear you do the Jimmy Butler deal like you did a couple of years ago and you have the rest of the season to hope work the kinks out. And if it doesn't work to Jesse's point earlier, you know, James Harden doesn't like the way Doc speaks to him or he doesn't get along with Joel Embiid. He thinks Joel Embiid's a, you know, water pussy or something. I don't know. And he gets pissed off. You, you lose all those players and picks possibly that you traded and you lose the guy. And then you're sitting there holding your, your hoo-ha in your hand and you're going, okay, now what do I do? I, I probably have a pissed off Joel Embiid. I lost a bunch of players. What do I do? Well, and, and John, ultimately – the, the, the biggest thing is you have an ownership group that gives two shits about attendance, about how the team is playing, about anything, because they're sitting on what, like a 300 percent return on investment on what they spent on the Sixers. They don't give a sh- they don't give a shit. And honestly, like I keep saying it and you guys, you know, you roll your eyes at me on it. But like they they basically have a free turnkey stadium in, in right near all the major re- metro lines in Newark. Like, you don't, if you don't think for a second if they could, you know, crater this team's attendance for a couple of years and be able to sneak out of the city and, and break a lease and get out and be able to take their team to, a, to an arena they do own, you're, you're crazy. Jesse, you're taking your, your – I mean, people pitch talk about pitchforks. Like you're taking Philly's fourth son away. It's just not gonna. Bro, let's 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 be real. There's there's been there's been like three runs in the Sixers' entire entire history where the the fan base gave a shit about the Sixers. Well, I mean, that's I mean, I don't disagree with you. Like that's not that's not a reason to to say. Oh, you know what? This franchise stinks. We're going to go relocate you to the to New North Jersey because we can't get a stadium. Like that's I think that's a I think that's a re- I understand what you're saying and I, and I don't disagree that this ownership is a little I think it's a little cuckoo. Um but I, I think their biggest issue is they think the fans are idiots. Well, they're not going to build I mean that's the th- here's the thing. They're not going to build another stadium down here. Like all these people that think they're going to they're going to buy land down here somewhere and build a stadium. They're out of their fucking minds. That's never going to happen. That's, but here's the thing. That's the least of their worries, Jesse. They have the brand new facility across the river. They just got to come over and use that to play. There's plenty of organizations that do that. And if they yeah. got to wait 10, 15 years down the road, if that's their end game, then maybe 10, 15 down, years down the road, they make a deal with the Wells Fargo Center and they blow that place up. And they take, you know what I mean? Like, like they did with the vet. You know what I mean? I just thinking that they would take one of the one of the teams out of here. Like talk about fans revolting and 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 just going nuts. That would be for one. Owners have to approve that. Like, is there like an ownership approval to move a team? I'm I'm just asking. Like, you have to get a vote from like the league and owners to do that. I mean, they didn't stop them stealing the Sonics. I'm sure. No, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I guess if they if they voted on both, because I know. I mean, I I forget. I mean, I remember when they moved because KD's first year was a Sonic. That's where he got drafted by. Yeah. So, so, so what do we do? So what do we do? We're back. We're back to. We're back to the elephant in the room. I'll use it again. Use that phrase again. We're we're forty less than forty hours away. We hope to make get the James Harden deal. After that, are we like? I mean, there's nothing. Like you can't get Damian Lillard now. The Bradley Beal sweepstakes is over. 
CJ well, I mean, McCollum. James, James would be the last big piece, but now I'm hearing that we probably go that that we have our eyes on Thad Young to be our power forward off the bench because he might get bought out by the Spurs. Ooh, that, here we go. That that we that we bring him back. Is and it all available? Oh, he uh, Iggy's hurt for the Warriors. He and he might be out for the year. Like that hurts them big time. Oh man, oh, uh, John. To your point, uh, the NBA Board of Governors has to uh, vote and approve it. Right. I, uh, I would I would retread Thaddeus Young. Now that you know that's one of those guys that I mean we he, he you know he went because of the process. He was that kind of guy that was pretty good, but he we got good draft picks for him, so he you might as well call up uh, call up Evan Turner too. Get the whole band back together. Oh God, you know. But I, but I mean, I, but and the, I mean, the other issue that we're having um, is shake because he has a back and knee, like a back issue. Because he's our backup point guard. So if he's out, we do need another point guard for sure. Because we have like no point guards on this team. James James will be the point guard because he is a point guard. But we need a backup point guard. Um, and so I mean, I think we're gonna have to look to the buyout market because of our salary cap because you, you can't go over a certain amount. So I think it's, it's yeah. I mean it's you're so right. You, what, well, what I mean, do we do? no one's answering my question. What do we do? No, I mean I think I think the plan is, and again, I mean it just before we read it changes. You know, you see things. It's James or bust right now. And if you don't get him, they're going to sell us on. Well, we thought it was better to wait, which we know is bullshit. That either Brooklyn said fuck you, or we didn't match what they want. And that's what I guess will, will be the real question is. If you're telling me they wanted Ben and Maxi, we said no, then that's fucking stupid. I love Maxi, and I mean, everyone's saying they don't think they want him because Ben would be the point guard, so Ben and him wouldn't work together with any of Kyrie. But like I said, if if the deal's out there and it gets out after Thursday that we wouldn't match, oh, well, they wanted Seth and three picks, and we said no, then, then I'm out because I don't care what it takes because – it's at this point, like Matt said, I don't think we're on our deathbed, but it, th- th- this is our last chance to really reload with a superstar for Joel. Uh, Otherwise, we might as well trade Joel. Like seriously. Well, and I, I think that's mention? what I think that's what Eskin was probably getting at. You know, like can I throw a wrench in this? Yeah. yeah. Would you take Would you take Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving straight up? Well, the issue with him is Kyrie said if they traded him last year that he would retire. Uh, no, nah, I don't want. I don't want part-time players. Well, he, no, he, wouldn't, like, be he wouldn't be part-time player. anymore. But uh, no, like, yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. If it wasn't, if it's not a vaccine, if it's not a vaccination, it'd be something else. He's part. He's a part-time guy, man. You, I would yeah, take him down one headache for another headache. All I'm saying is, would you if you don't get James Harden and you need something to make a run here? Do you just say I'll take Kyrie? If Kyrie would, because Kyrie also has a player option next year. If Kyrie was willing to stay here, yeah, like if he would give us a commitment. But it, but it, but supposedly he keeps, you know, because I guess with Nets people I hear that he wants to finish his career in New York, like he because he loves the city, like he loves being in Brooklyn. Yeah, right? I can see him loving that Brooklyn lifestyle like, and that. And James is, James is not about that. James is more quiet. Like James, James hates Brooklyn because there's media everywhere. Like he's used to being the big fish in Houston, which is Houston's actually almost as big as Philly, if not bigger than Philly now, like population wise. Yeah. But, 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 but it's a different beast obviously than New York. And James is, you know, you know, wants to go to titty clubs and bars. Like that's his life. Like he's banging strippers and porn stars. 
I think there's like five guys that you have on the list right now. And if James Harden's number one and you can't get him, then you go down the list and you say, okay, let me kick the tires and ask Kyrie. And a lot of these, you guys are going to roll your eyes out. But I mean, these are, these are the legitimate options that I think are available. You got Kyrie, you got Russell Westbrook, laugh as much as you want. John Wall. Nah. And then what's your fifth option? I would rather try to get De'Aaron Fox because apparently we turned down that deal for De'Aaron Fox already. So it's, I mean. And, and, Lill- I, and Lillard's a pipe dream. L- Lillard and Beal are piping into They both, for whatever reason, want to die with their franchise. And okay, that so, is what it is. So I'd, honestly, John, I'd rather have Jeremy Grant than Russell or John Wall. I'd rather have Jeremy Grant. So at least he plays defense and can shoot. Like, Russ is, like, really done. Like, John Wall, I haven't seen him play, so I can't say to him. I haven't seen John play. Maybe he's not as bad. But, man, dude, I mean, Russ is literally – they were talking about it yesterday on one of the shows. He's 102 out of 104 eligible guys for free throw shooting behind two, two centers. And he's, like, 140 out of 145 from three-point – like, he's done, dude. He's, 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 his game was being the best athlete on the court. And he's not the best athlete on the court anymore. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I'd rather have him over a guy who's not going to show up. I don't – I don't most – I don't most – if we don't get James Harden, I'm out on trying to find that 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 superstar. I'd rather build my bench at that point. Because at that point, you might as well just like trade Ben for John Collins. And and just ship off to and ship off Toby and try to get you know Harrison Barnes or Darren's like just pieces. To bench, dude, that's, well. that's 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 the thing. It's like say we do get Harden, like our bench is still not good. No, I mean it's you know Shake being gone and I'm and I'm not. I mean injuries happen. You got to adjust. But Shake was like our one of our best scorers off the bench the last couple of years, and him being hurt really sucks. And 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 they don't know when he's going to be back at all this year. And so. here, and Bill, Bill, you'll you'll love you'll love hearing this. And I mean, it just popped in my head. If if we land Harden, and our bench still sucks, and Doc's not willing to make adjustments to 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 change the the the, the scheme of the game. Get rid of Doc and get a guy in here who knows how to move the pieces around with what with what we got because no, you know I, I think that's reality and and you know I I know I called Doc a turd but I was texting you about him at the reason and you know I love Doc but like, and, and it's just Doc to me <laughs> Doc to me that dies dies on the ledge too much that it's my way and my way and my way it's like bro like you need to change things up because you got out coached by Nate McMillan on the Hawks last year like that's just a fact. They, they were putting better lineups out against us, and you continuously stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. Well, I'm sorry, dude. Sometimes when you know when Tobias and four bench players blows a 17 point lead in the second quarter for the third game out of a seven game series, you fucking change it up a little bit. I'm sorry, I I don't buy into. Well, this got us here. Okay, regular season basketball is night and day from the NBA from playoff basketball, and, and I think everybody would agree with that on this podcast. Here's the one thing. There's two different people. Here's, so what's the working regular season that, might not work in the playoffs. Here's the one thing that that getting James Harden does do for you, though. If you have James Harden, Doc, it's not going to be Toby and four other like scrubs. It's going to be 
James Harden. You're going to have a superstar on the floor at all times. I would not only that. Now Maxie becomes your sixth man. So it's Maxie out there with these guys. So now he's shredding second units as opposed to trying to have to play against, you know, having you know, having to play against uh, friggin' uh, Trey Young and shit on the first team. So now, like, that's why I think this James Harden deal. If if we if we can if we can get away with keeping even Seth or or Thibel and we can give up Danny again, whatever it needs to be. But if but if say say we keep Seth or or you know. Um, it's going to be Seth and James, Thibel, Toby, and Joel, and Maxie's now your sixth man. So now we have a good piece off the bench with Drummond. And most playoff teams go seven, eight, nine deep. So now we got to- uh, Maxie and Drummond, and now you decide, is Quirky my eighth guy or Niang probably is your eighth guy? So, like, Maxie going to the bench, because that's one of the things that Fulcher did this year and why he's a great coach he put Tyler Hero on the bench, and he's a sixth man now. He's putting up 20-some a game as a sixth man because he was struggling it's the second year in the league against the first-team guys guarding him. So now he comes in against the second unit and crushes it. Like, that is what Maxie would be perfect at right now. Don't let, you know, like, Maxie had to deal with Chris Paul all, all first quarter and was exhausted. You know, then we had to put in friggin' uh, a cork moss to run our second unit, and that's when it turned to shit. But if you have Maxie coming off the bench – against Alfred Patron, like, it, it like I, I feel like James, I do agree we need, like, a Thad Young, another guy for the bench, but I feel like if we get James, it could push Maxie to the bench and makes our bench, like, actually really good now. Having him be our sixth guy with Niang and Drummond, that's your eight-man rotation, and then maybe you throw in Corky or, you know, I guess whoever we, you know, whatever. You know, depending on who's left in the trade. Whoever survives the trade. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's kind of where it really is for the Sixers. And, you know, I was kidding, you know, because I get dramatic with it, James or Bust. But if we don't get them this year, I just don't see how it's going to matter. I will, John, I will see to your point that if we don't get James, I don't know how we get out of the first round, maybe. Because if we have to play the Celtics, who are getting hot in the first round, or we got to play Milwaukee, where we got to play the Heat in the first round. We're not beating those teams probably in a seven-game series. Maybe Boston because because they can't handle Joel or Toby really. But I'm with you that when it comes down to basketball, playoff basketball, it's a half-court game most of the time, and you got to create buckets one-on-one. Guys are going to double-team Joel every play. Well, who's going to score? Mm-hmm. And, and after James come in, you want to double-team Joel? Fine, James, go to work. Double-team James, Joel's off the court. Tell me go eat some baskets. Like, it makes our team, like, legit. So I think that's what Daryl knows. And I think, you know, why it ha- you know, maybe why it should hopefully it happens tomorrow, no later than Thursday, is I think they're probably pushing for a Thibel or a Seth or a Maxi, and Daryl's holding out. But I think it's a game of chicken. If we, if we try to, like, because I know one of the things, like, Daryl Morey's about, I win every trade. If you're worried about winning this trade for Jim James Harden, you're failing the fan base in the Sixers because – you got to give up more than you want to to get James Harden. That's just the reality. So I think, I think I'm with you that that if if they don't make it happen and they try to sell us on, well, it's better for the off season. We can give. We don't have to give up less. Now, now they think we're idiots. Now, now I'll buy into your in, in, into your take that they don't respect us as a fan base because you know what? We know what's up. We followed the game. You know, it, it, it's a very transparent sports. Are very transparent now to an extent. So don't tell us you know, what the fuck's going on. Like, we get it. And if you're telling us, oh, we don't want to give up draft picks and assets, get the fuck out of here. 
Like, win the game now. I'm tired. I don't want to hear, I want to be good for 10 years. That's gone. That ship has sailed. That was like, 2014. That's it. You know? Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I know I'm ranting, but it's just. No, it's, it's, I mean, they're all great points. I mean, I don't, I don't wish for you to come to a dark side of this and, and see that. I just, I just find that, you know. I, oh, I think we've teetered on the dark side. We've all been there. I wanted to ignore it, John. But, but I mean, we were we were arguing about this back in in forfeit basement Bill's basement days. <laughs> I mean, the the crux of the Joel Embiid argument with Joey Dark was based around his talent, and if if at that point he was better than Giannis, the argument was that Giannis is not better than Joel. I mean, right now Joel is playing better, but that's that's been three years. No, you're right. He's still working. Giannis put the work in and wanted and to get Giannis back. has and Giannis has hardware. <laughs> and, and 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 it show. I mean, as we saw last year, and that you guys bring up, which I think is a great point, is that Giannis is a superstar, right? He cultivated his game. He became a superstar. When when you have that, and then you go out and you make a trade to get a Drew Holiday, right? You you get you get guys like Chris Middleton, and then you can build pieces. Around like Matt's saying, get some bench guys. Like a, I mean? PJ, like a PJ, like a PJ Tucker, like a PJ then Tucker. You, then you, as long as that main guy that you had your chips all in for, does his job, continues to get better, is hungry, right? Because remember, at one point people were like, "Is he going to leave? Is Giannis going to leave and go to the Celtics? Is Giannis going to leave yeah. over here?" That, there was a whole thought about that, and he yeah. stuck around. But that's one superstar. That was one superstar. And you're right, John, because I remember last year when they got through holiday, everybody mocked them because they even gave them a max deal and gave up like three picks and a player. And they're like, they overpaid. Well, they overpaid because they went all in on Giannis and it paid off. So that's I why I don't want to hear. And it was so refreshing to whoever. see in a league where like everyone, you know, goes and tries to team up and and create these super teams. And you got a guy who's like real humble does everything right, works hard, comes out flat out, says, no, I want to stay where I'm at. I want to be with this one team. I want to do it here. I want to build, get the right pieces. That's and Joel, had an organization, to John's point. And, and to John's point, you have an organization that goes out and gets him what he needs. So, you know. I mean, that's, that's why I always bring up, like, I mean, I know the Suns now are, are good and they, and they have been for a couple of years. But, like, they went out and they – they drafted Devin Booker. Yep. Devin Booker turned into a superstar. Hard work, coaching, whatever you want to call it, right? And then what did they do? Well, they were shitty. They were shitty that one year, and they got DeAndre Ayton, and he yep. turned out not to be a stiff. So that helped, right? And then what did they do? They got Chris Paul. They, they, you know, they, they made got a veteran in, in Crowder. They got Crowder, who's like, like, have you seen their roster? Like Justin Jackson, Crowder. Yeah. McGee, JaVale McGee, Cameron Johnson's a player. Mikael Bridges. You know, they traded for Mikael Bridges, you know, and he's starting to be a star. It doesn't always have to be go out and get the superstar James Harden, who's a top 10 player. You know what I mean? You can build around guys. You can do. Oh, absolutely. But but if, if, yeah, no, go ahead. No, and your point earlier is like maybe, maybe, maybe not so much the bench, but maybe get that next guy who you might feel is like could be the next superstar the 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 um the kid from um the thunder um oh, hey say goodness alexander right like maybe make a deal for him and maybe in two years he can be that guy like don't don't reach for the stars no pun intended and try to get 
those five guys that I said, maybe let's find the second tier guy and maybe give up Ben for that guy and maybe another like bench piece. And maybe you're in a better situation than going all in on someone like James Harden. And then kind of like, man, he's got to be really good. And this has to really work. No, I feel I feel you there. But the only tricky part to this is if Joel was two years younger, I'd say, yeah, but I think we only got we've only got probably two three years max of Joel playing in his prime. Be a little longer, but it's just big men don't play to that 35, 36. So I think if and and I think the reason we can be a little more optimistic though with him is he finally is in shape and takes it serious. So maybe that's going to get him another year. But I think for Joel, it's three to five max. And that's again, you got to deal with the Warriors who are still at a peak. You got to deal with Giannis who's at the peak. You got to deal with the Heat who are at their peak. You got to deal with the Memphis Grizzlies who are coming up to their peak. The Sun. So, like, it's not like, you know, in those five years, we're going to win five championships. But the hope is, in any one of those years, maybe we win one. And it's like, we got our chip. And that's, I think, what Maury, and, but, but to your point, John, if this thing with Harden goes south quick or whatever, Maury's gone. Like, this is what he's going to stake his job on if he makes this happen like this well, is his he's not going to be gone now he'll they'll still try to get him at the end of the season yeah now. they'll still try to get him james doesn't work out for the team and we're like a first second round loss and james doesn't play like in every whatever i'm saying if we go all in on james and we fail miserably like he doesn't help us be a good team then i think that's maury's that kill shot like so i think more that for maury i think he's a big game hunter, and he's like, listen, I'm going to go big or go home. I'm here for a chip. That's why, I mean, that's why, you know, you know, Doc came here is he, don't, he didn't want to go to a rebuild. He could have got five other jobs, probably made more money. He wanted to coach Joel, Ben, Toby. We had a team in place. Like, that's what he signed on for. So, you know, that's why, like, you know, like this is now, like, Doc's on a spring chicken. You know, he, you know, he probably only has a couple years left in him. To, I mean, maybe a little longer. But, like, this is, I think, the Philly fans, to your point, John, we were sold with Ben and Joel. We're going to be dominant for 10 years, win multiple chips, and this is going to be that. Now, but total on timeout, let's do whatever we have to do to try to win one. Like, that's where the, you know, that's where the hard left turns come in. Like, forget five, five years from now when Max could be, could be a top five point guard in the league. Great. That's five years from now. Maybe he'll be our franchise guy we build around at that point. Mm-hmm. But right now... Yeah, I'll tell you what though. I'll tell you what though. I, I like Maxi too, but the more you're talking about it, Bill, I don't think we're gonna be thinking too much about Tyrese Maxi if we're, you know, getting ready to sit down and watch game one of the N- NBA finals, you no, know, I mean, this it's, year. It's with, like if Brooklyn says Thursday morning, the deal's not done, and they say, listen, this is our last counter. Uh Ben, Maxi, and three first round picks. If Daryl says no, that's too much, I'm out. I'm out. Like I just can't anymore. I well, can't. Would you hear. take any of those other options at all? What's that? Would you consider any of those other options at all, though? Um, for 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 Ben, like trading Ben and picks or Ben and players or or get back more than just a player, and you know what I mean. Like we're we're talking Ben and a player and maybe picks. I guess what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm saying Ben and a player and maybe another player. No, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, and again, I, I used to pick, if Brooklyn comes back to us tomorrow or Thursday and says, this is what this deal will get you James Harden now, 
and we say no, and includes anything under the sun other than Joel Embiid, and we don't say yes, I'm out. I'm out. Unless it's something stupid where it's like we want Thibel. I mean, like, like, like we can't give up our whole team. But if it's, hey, we want Thibel and Seth, okay. But now we get Joe Harris back probably or something else, who's whatever. But, like, Who can I, shoot? I don't want to hear they wanted too much is my point is all. Like, you're right, John. They put us in this spot to where we're desperate because of Ben, because of trading Jimmy, because of you know of you know of of of, of trading away Mikel Bridge, like giving away no, assets. We have no negotiating power now, and that was my no, point of the and, season. And the only thing that we have is, is that James is clearly, I guess I should say clearly, is alluding to he wants out, but they, they don't have to trade him to us. They can say fuck you, James. Pull the Ben. We don't. We want a better deal for you, and we'll, we'll, we'll put you on the bench if you don't want to play, and we'll let KD and 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 Kyrie try to win us a chip. So. Like this, this whole thing where we have all the leverage is just is absurd to me that I'm saying, oh, Sixers have the leverage. Bullshit. Yeah. They have James Harden and we don't. So they have right. the leverage. Right. That's we, have a, we have a guy who doesn't want to play. Exactly. We have a guy who actually wants to, is playing. So it's just like that's where I'm at, that, that, that they pushed me to the edge to where if they come out Thursday at 3.30 and the deal's not done and say, well, to be honest with you, they just wanted too much. Good luck, Sixers. Uh, when when pitchers and catchers start, because I can't. Because like you said, John, we had egg on our face for four years tanking. We had to sit through Henke getting fired, Brian Colangelo ruining this team, fucking fake Twitter accounts from his wife, all this bullshit. Yeah. And then you're going to tell me they wanted too many assets for a top 10 player? Right. I'm out. I'm out. Like, like, you're right. Like, you think we're idiot fans. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I've been disaffected for eight years. But we've sold our soul for the possibility at a championship. And the reality is they're our closest Philly team probably to getting a championship right now in the next year or two, most likely. You know, things can change, obviously, in any sport. But it's like – and I think that's why guys like me, and I'm sure you guys are the same, that, like, I need a championship. I want it. Like, we put so much into this team, the Sixers team, that, like, I, 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 I can't hear while well, we tried. Well – that's not good enough. That's not what we signed up for. You, you sold us, yeah. like you said, John. You sold us that if we do this, we will get you a championship at some point. It was masked with the facade of here's new jerseys and here's our new this and here's that. And it was like all this other stuff was happening in the background. And we're sitting here and we're like, man, we we really going to – to your point, we're really going to split hairs on whether a guy we just drafted could be an all-star – Exactly. Or Seibel. Oh, he's our ball team. I don't care. I mean, I love Seibel, but oh, well, you're telling me it's Seibel and Ben and whatever. I, I, I think it's going to hurt our defense, but whatever. But because people were calling in and I was listening to the radio this morning. Oh, I'm not giving up Seibel. He's our best defender. Why did we lose to the Hawks? Look at the scores. We lost 98-95, 103-97. We didn't score any fucking points against the Hawks. I don't no, want to hear right. about defense. We right. Devin points. Hooker's got 30 points. And that's what I mean. Like people calling in like, oh, there's too much of a price. You guys don't get it. Like, we didn't score points in the playoffs, and that's why we lost. It's that simple. James Harden is a bucket machine. Like, there's no doubt about it. So, I, you know, that's why, like, I'm trying just I, – I was – I flip-flopped if it's going to happen, but I feel like it is. But there's still that part of me that's like, Dell has to win the trade, and I got the best of the Nets. And it's like, you're not going to win this trade, bro. They're gonna probably they're gonna probably fleece us for maybe more than we should give up, 
But if you're telling me we can get a top 10 NBA player for a guy that could be maybe in five years, come on, stop. Just stop. If, if, it's still- if, and also, if I'm the Nets, like, I got to be honest with you. If I have KD, if I have James Harden, and I have Kyrie Irving, now depending on, I know, injured, injured, and part-time player like Matt says, why am I going to send one of them away for a guy who just pitched a shit fit like, does that put me over the top into a championship level? Do I do I feel better by that? I no, much, I much feel better with a healthy James sitting out for the All-Star break, right? Or I don't know if he's going to play the All-Star break. Kevin Durant's not coming back until after the All-Star break. And then you're going to get Kyrie healthy. You're going to tell me those three guys aren't what they went all in for with Blake Griffin and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and uh, – um, I'm missing some of the other guys' names. Yeah, Patty Mills. They had you know, the two guys. You know, the, Isn't Millsap on that team, too? That? Isn't Paul Millsap on that team, too? Yeah, no, but, but they're actually going to try to trade him because he 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 don't get playing time ever. He's, he's like 12th man on the bench. But, John, the, the, yeah. the other thing is that he doesn't want to be there anymore. So it's – and his contract's expiring. So it may not – Huh? Talking James? Yeah, yeah. so, like – what's your, it's the same thing. The Sixers have, you have a guy that doesn't want to play for you. And they have a guy that really isn't super thrilled with what's going on anymore. And his contract's expiring. So why don't you. Right. But wouldn't you, if you put yourself in James's position, right? I really don't want to be here. Okay. But I have 30 more games to play. And are my, is my, is my talent better suited in another position with a different coach that I don't know yet and playing with that roster, or am I better off sitting here, giving the best I can, knowing I, I'm, I'm going to do that for the next 30 games, and play with two of, two of we could argue, two of the best players in the league. No, no they're, they're two top 10 players. They're two top yeah, I mean, like, And the rest of their roster, yeah. I would argue their roster is better than ours. I don't think, well, that's where I think you're a little different. I would disagree, John, a little bit. Like, you're seeing it now. Like, and I get, I know they're missing their big three. Their roster, they have no no center, no power forward. Joe Harris is out for the year. Aldridge is out probably for the year. Like, then, and I think that's partly why James wants out is because he, I, I think he, well, I a he doesn't want to not have the ball in his hands, and I knew that was going to be an issue. They all, they only they still only play with one ball in Brooklyn. Exactly, here. and I, I think him and Kyrie are are, the, are basically the same exact player, but I think James is a little better shooter. Kyrie's a better finisher at the rim. But they're the same exact player. And then you got Katie taking 25, 30 shots a game. So I think James fell in love with the idea, okay, if we're going to win a chip, let's do it. But I think he sees so many chinks in that armor over there. And plus, I got to be the third wheel to these two guys now. I don't like being the third wheel like I thought. He comes to Philly, it's him and Joe. They're 1A and 1B. Like, Joel will give him the – so I think yeah, I, I think to, to Jesse's point, it's I, I think James at any point, John, could have been like, I want to be a net. I'm going to be a net this year. He hasn't been – you know, he could have came out and killed all this speculation. I'm like, you know what? You've been a little injured, but I want to be a net. I'm going to be a net. And he hasn't. So I think that's my thing that I'm holding on to as that, you know, as a fan, that little sliver of hope that he really kind of seems is, you know, because this morning they said he came out to shoot around, looked great. Patty Mills and another guy, Blake said he looked great. And they said, yeah, I'm not playing tonight. And they're like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, I'm not playing. So it's like the hamstring is like, oh, like, so I, I think he's pulling a bend. I think he's saying trade me or I'm not going to play. And I, I and to Jesse's point, it's 
all right, well, do you want Ben Simmons playing for you and maybe Seth or whoever else you can get in the deal this year, Thibel, that can help you? Or do you want to deal with James's bullshit for the next 30 games, him getting cunty and not getting mad? Oh, I didn't want this. So I, so I think both Sixers and the Nets are like in a rock and hard place. But more than, more than Nets, because at least they know what they have in James. We got nothing well, in Ben. We know it. I, I really – what really makes me sort of angry about having this conversation – is like we're not talking about like guys that want to play. We're talking about guys that don't want to play for their teams. You know what I mean? It's not like it, it's not like this guy got traded for this guy because he's not shooting as well. We're talking about guys that don't want to play for the teams that they signed paid forty million dollars contract. Forty four million this year, and Ben makes thirty three million, and they're like, nah. And the worst thing for I me, mean, at least James is getting paid. He wasn't stupid. I mean, Ben literally doesn't play this year and we don't trade him. He's going to hand over $33 million in salary to not play a game of basketball. 30, giving up $33 million to not play a game that we love, that we pay money to play at open gyms. And, <laughs> I, you know, I, I keep bringing it up. You know, there, the, the, the league can shut the league. You know, there's an a, a, a out after next year's CBA in this, in, I believe in next year's CBA at the end of next year. If you don't think the owners are getting fed the fuck up with this bullshit and they're not going to they're not going to pull out of the contract and and lock the gates of these gyms like these owners must be furious at what's going on right now. You know the the Ben Simmons is the world. He signs a max deal and a couple months later he gets his feelings hurt and he's like, "No, nah, I'm not going to play." Yeah. I'm not going to play. And you see it all over the league. So, like, how are these small market teams supposed to do anything when, you know, you, you brought up um, the Pelicans? You know, you get you get a train. You get this guy. You get the guy. And two, three years later, he's like, fuck you. I'm out. Trade me. They do it again. This guy get, you know, Zion gets fat. And now they're going to have to trade him. Like, it's the NBA has a ridiculous problem on their hands that the players like I'm usually, you know, pro uh, like players union and everything. But like the NBA, the, these players have run amok to the point where if you're the you, you almost have to feel bad for the owners with what. And I hate saying that, but like. When, when all the money's guaranteed, there's the, the owners have zero flexibility on any of it when, when any of the shithousery happens and it's constantly happening now you have you know you have uh Kyrie oh uh, you know I I saw something on Twitter I'm just I'm not feeling it today so I'm just not going to play or you know the LeBrons of the world like nah I I, I don't want to play back to back on the road I'm not going to play like it, it it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and it's like at some point because this the NBA is a league you play in small gyms it is a league that is propped up by big TV money. And if you start to piss off the fans and you do all of this stuff, what is going to prop up? It, it's like the, it, the NHL's finding out about it right now. You know, they fucked around and they fucked around and they fucked around and the product has dropped off a cliff. They don't have any good TV deals anymore. And they're dying on the vine because, you know, they, they went too far. By and, Labatt Blue. Yeah, like it, it's it's ridiculous. And now you've got you've got the same thing going on with you know with, with basketball. Like they're making all this money, and the players are starting to. And you, you saw the thing with Shaq, where 
Yeah. Well, Shaq is like, you're fucking this up for everybody, man, when he was talking about Ben Simmons. You're right. Jesse, you're right. Because if you don't think, even if there's not a lockout or I mean, whatever, if you don't think they're going to change these contracts to be less guaranteed money or more outs for these guys to avoid a deal like Ben, what Ben's doing, like to find a way to avoid it all, say, you know what, you're done. We avoid the contract. Like, so you're right that, that this is going to really fuck things up for the guys that helped build the league to what it is. The Kevin Durant's and you know the KG like like Shaq said it. Like, I'd like to think that not all the players are. Well, that's one thing I will say. Like nobody, they're not, they're not all happy about this. Like, these like, guys are these guys are small potatoes to the majority. Of these even younger guys, even the veterans that are on these teams making, you know, Blake Griffin making a million dollars a year. Like, you know, he, he didn't pull stuff like this when he was a veteran, like a no young guy, like. It's just unheard of. But, like, you know, to, to talking about, like, the, the Pelicans, like, to watch it happen. And, and, Jesse, thank you for just bringing the epiphany up. Like, this has happened back to back. Like, Anthony Davis, number one pick. Zion Williams, number one pick. Now, granted, I don't know the Zion Williams issue that well. I know he's hurt. I, I know there's rumors that he doesn't want to be there because he's away from the team rehabilitating his injury, but I don't know if he's ever come out and said that he doesn't want to be there. But like you, like you guys are saying, the more this happens, there's got to be like a, 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 a some sort of rule or something that owners and, and, and agents uh, can they're, look they're, at. They're and, the contract, they're going to be like, you know what? And then you think somebody, so you know, so say they had that clause for what Ben's doing, they void his contract. You think somebody's going to give him more than a league minimum to sign? I mean, he'll get signed for sure. But you think someone's going to pay him $30 million? Oh, Sixers just cut you because you don't want to show up. Come to Indiana. We'll pay you $30 million. No, you'll get a league minimum deal and prove it for two, three years. So, or, if you, or what they could do is if you sign with another team, we get that, we get that money. No, you, you know, and that's kind of, you know, and, and that's what I mean. I think Jesse's hitting the nail on the head that next year there's going to be changes no matter what. Like, like there's no way these guys are going to let – because I was reading an article a couple weeks ago about how Josh Harris – like supposedly behind closed doors or so mad at Ben. He's like, I, if we take a deal, I'll eat all four years of that fucking money and pay that shit bag a penny again. So like, you don't think these guys are vindictive and are going to let right. players tell them how to do things. Uh-uh. But, but that issue, we talked about this in the beginning of the season, doing that and trying to send a message only hurts your organization. I and understand even your fan base. Well, no, no. What I'm trying to say is that only hurts the Sixers, that doesn't hurt the NBA, right? No, it doesn't. You do that if you're the owner and you say we're going to eat, we're going to make a a, a, a a lesson out of him, and we're not going to play, we're not going to pay him, and he's going to sit in Morristown for four years. And we're not paying him. That's like oh, that's a big flex. But who is someone four years from now going to want to come there, knowing that that owner was like that? No, I mean you're you're right. You Today's know, NBA, that's not going to happen. You you cut off your face despite your whatever, whatever that term is. Yeah, right. You mean like that's like your face, right? It, it you're you're basically shitting where you're eating, and it doesn't work that way. It's not like I understand the point. Like the NBA should step in and not have the Sixers make the decision. But I think the Sixers' hand is sort of being turned on, on what they want to do. Now, and, 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 Don, I wonder, too, to kind of coincide two points, that the NBA is happy with what all the Sixers because It's like, this, this is your karma for tanking. 
but you made your bed line and we're not going to help you at all because you know what? You I think that's 100% right. And this is your bed. You, you know, you made your bed line it, guys. So, and, and I mean, that could be a factor in too that, you know, that again, that, sure. I, yeah, a deal is a deal. But I mean, apparently, I mean, Silver's got some juice if he made us fire Henke. I mean, that's pretty much well known. So if you don't think he can't go to clutch and Rich Paul and say, hey, guys, I'm just letting you know, you don't get him on that court and he's healthy, you will reap some from, from, from the league office. Like, you know, again, what, what, you know, what they could do, who knows. But the but fact why, did they, why did they let it happen with Anthony Davis? I mean, I guess, you know, that was – Because that – I think you said it. You know, that was one of the first times this really happened where a number one pick started having these fake injuries where I can't play. And then at first they bought him, and then they're like, wait a minute. You're pressing all your physicals. Why did – oh, well, now it's my back. And a back is something you can't really determine if it's injured. And so obtuse. And then it was kind of, you no, know, well, I don't want to be – so, like – I think the Anthony Davis situation was like the one, the first one. But now with Ben, I, you know, I, I feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like the NBA is like, you guys, fuck you guys, you figure it out. You guys, you guys ruin the league. You hurt the integrity of the game. You know, have fun with this, guys. But to Jesse's point, I did find Mr. NBA, Mr. Silver, but the 32 owners still pay your salary. So when they have a chance in another year, we'll see what's up and see how you like telling us to go fuck ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, again, and I, 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 I don't know the numbers, but I think the NBA has a lot of guys that don't need that money to survive. The Cubans, the Josh Harris, the guy, I mean, the, the Warriors, like, maybe, but, you know, except for, like, a genie buses of the world. I, you know, I, I think these owners, to, to, to Jesse's point, hey, lockout's a lockout. I got billions of dollars. You guys, you know, we'll sit out a season. I don't care. You guys figure it out. Like, so it's, you know, that's where I think the owners have the world flex their muscles again even more to say, you guys think you're rich? You don't know shit about being rich. We got, we pay your fucking salary. And if you're going to, you know, try to hold us hostage, we'll, we'll shut the league down for a year. And then if it gets crazy enough, maybe, maybe they're bringing up, you know, G leaguers to play. Like, who knows? You know, so it's like, I really think this, like, thing like Ben, it's when, when all the dust settles, it's going to be a, a major thorn in the CBA side next year. A yep. major thorn. And and the fact that the, the 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 fact that the that the players association has not gotten has not dealt with this like yeah. back channel just reached out oh. to be like, bro, you you can't do this. Like if you're gonna do this, just know wherever you go, you're gonna get you're gonna get fucked up in the locker room. Just know that. Yeah, report and play. Socks of doorknobs. Like that's it. Soap and socks. Like let let's be real. Like if he gets traded somewhere, you think the players on the in that locker room are going to be like, "Hey Ben, what's up, bro?" They're going to be like, "Fuck you, dude. You just fucked well, me next year." That's a great point, Jesse. I was listening to the radio today, and someone made a great point. They said, "You know, he gets traded to another team, right? The other thirty teams or other twenty nine teams at this point." Their, their fans know exactly where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. You don't think that they're going to boo when he gets to the free throw line or yeah. him. Like every other NBA franchise, other than the next team he gets straight to, is going to treat him like that. So I, I don't know where you can like – maybe other than L.A., right? Like I don't know. It's, it, it's, it'll, be, it'll be very interesting. Well, let's yeah. not forget for a second that like even in our early lifetime, the league was – like in a bad place, like 
the NBA has not been a very lucrative in its in its entire lifetime. I mean, the NBA's has not really been a lucrative. I mean, we hear stories about how Jordan saved the league. I mean, you hear stories about how it was the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers in the 83 finals, it was on tape delay. I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even televised live. Like the Sixers won the NBA title and people had to watch it on tape delay. Like that's how, you know, it's a superstar coming in. It's all ESPN and all these, you know, these cable networks took off, started paying, but like Shaq said it, like he had, he had the biggest deal in the NBA because he was a Shaq. He was, he was, he was like, you know, behind the Jordan was a brand. He had the yep. Shaq boo and everything. Yep. Well, and, and I used to say to Matt years ago, like the NBA fucked up because there's, they got high on, they got high on, on those expansion feeds. And now there's too many teams. Yeah. See, I didn't bring it up earlier. That's the best point of the night. There should not be 32 teams. There's, there's the, the problem is the basketball is, is like the only sport that that's a team sport. That's a small roster and you can have one guy take over and, and drag a team and, and make, and do a lot AI of damage with it. Example. AI is the example. He drug like, that he, by himself. You don't, you don't see that in every other sport. So like legends. Well, not nowadays. Nowadays you need three superstars, Jesse. But yeah. Like, but oh, dude, and, the, and, the, the and the problem is there's just like basketball is huge in this country and basketball is huge in some little parts of Europe here and there. But like, and like, Oh, it's China. It's well, it's watched globally. It's watched globally, but it's not. Yeah, you're right. I see. It's not soccer. It's not. It's not yeah, it's not. It's not baseball, and it's not soccer. Like, or even NFL, got, probably. Where you've got people all over the world that that are tremendous at it, and they they got so high on these giant expansion fees that now you've got you've got too many teams. And on top of it, you've got the the one and done rules. So you've got these guys coming out of college, and they're half faked. That's the best point. I, I think that's the problem with the NBA. Like, but oh, so it's it's a twofold. Many problems with the NBA. Now, now, granted, hopefully the G League can can hopefully start to fix some of those issues. But these kids don't know how to play basketball because they're. I mean, they go to college for one year, and all they're really doing is playing basketball and fucking around. Like. Well, they know how to play AAU ball. Yeah, and like it's you know. it's a different it's a different thing. And then they go to the pros and they get all of this money, and they've never really learned to play team basketball at that next level. And you know, if they don't make it and look and look good on that first contract, they they bounce out of the league and they're gone. And you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again, and you do like, it again. Like Bonick says in Semi Pro, dude, it's a shame you never learned how to play basketball. And and like. It, it's it, we're seeing it time and time and time again. And, you know, the, you, you look at the NBA draft and it's such a crapshoot as it is, but you look at like how often you get really elite guys in, in like the second and third round. And it's like, never, I mean, not never, but practically never. I mean, are you talking strictly basketball or are you, yeah. you're talking- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the 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 predication of to, to your point about like expansion teams, like teams like Memphis, teams like the Pelicans, I'll use for example, like 
John Morant for the for the Minnesota or the Memphis Grizzlies, excuse me, is a um, is a franchise changing player. Okay, that to be able to hit on that pick, it's an anomaly. Is an anomaly, right? Giannis to the Bucks at I forget what pick he, he went was. fifteen. He went fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, is an, no, is no, an no, anomaly. We took, John, we took MCW over him. <laughs> exactly. So like it. I the, the the these smaller market teams that generally are not in the in the in the in the dance. Even the Warriors, John. The Warriors yeah, are Warriors. For how long were the since Chris Mullen and uh, not um, since C Webb and Joe Smith? Yeah, like you can, right, but you can, you can go different like eras. Yeah, but like, hard away that team. Baron, Baron Davis. But you hit on guys. If you hit on guys and are able to get a little bit of luck, like we always say about championships right oh, a little yeah. bit of luck a little bit of coaching a little bit of talent a couple for agents peppered in like but but to the the smaller market teams if, if they hit on a guy like john morant john morant hopefully you would hope as a as the memphis grizzlies owner you'd say this guy's here for 10 years but to but to what we're saying here is john morant's like i'm in memphis and i could stay here and get max money or i can go star hunting and I can go to LA and I can play with whomever there and I'm in a big market. And that, and that's part of the issue is like, they feel like there's no sort of loyalty now. And I think that's part of like an NBA cultivation issue with like players and understand, like everyone's watching everybody, what everybody else is doing. Right. It's like, you know, John Morant, superstar, you know, Luka Doncic Mavericks, like, He's the Luke, he's the host for that. I'll tell you what, Luca comes into the league not being a fat bastard. He comes in in shape. I watched that whole game against the Sixers. Luca is he is it, man. He and yeah. uh, you know, but think about that, John. He went fifth or sixth. So yeah. four other teams passed on him before they got there. So it's like you, you know, you, you didn't have to have the number one pick to get him. You know, and, just and to- then you have and then you have organizations like the Knicks who for years. You know, one they won two championships in the '90s. They had Starks, Ewing, Oakley. Those guys, right? They were they were a dominating team, right? They went to the finals one year, and then and then now you're in. Pur- they've been in purgatory for the Broke entire. Broke Bill's heart. Broke you know, Bill's heart. Like, oh, okay. We, we let's court Carmelo to come here, and then then what? Then nothing. You know, it was and and that's what I think the Sixers decided, and and I guess it had to be Josh Harris because he owned the team that. I don't want mediocre. I'll tank for three, four years, but I want to be a champion within 10 years. And now we're at that 10 year mark almost and saying, what the fuck? We haven't even made it to the conference finals. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, we get to, we, we, we lost in the second round, I think four straight years, like four straight years, we lost in the second round. Like that's insane. Like that's like Clippers territory, like to where, you know, and, and who was their coach again? Doc Rivers? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, so I'm sorry. sorry. Well, that's the it's it's also like the Thunder. I mean, the Thunder were always. But they went to the finals the one time in LeBron, LeBron them when they had, yeah. uh, the, you know, the, the you know. But again, but every thought, other year after that, it was they ran into the Warriors. You know, you know, but 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 you know, to John's point, you know, they were young. They were all within the league within a few years. Oh, this game's going to be a dynasty for ten years when they get a little older. What happened? James Harden, well, I want to shoot the ball more. I don't want to be the third fiddle. So he goes. 
Then KD's like, you know what? Russ is a Russ is a ball hawk. I don't want to play with him anymore. I'm out. Like, so you you're right. You don't really like, understand the psychology behind why like the Warriors stay together, right? You want to know why Clay, Steph, and Draymond, the core of that team, at, you know, I, I'd love to understand why that is because in today's NBA, you know, that's unheard of. We use the Thunder; it's a great example. It was. I mean, look at that team back on paper. I mean, you, you, once Harden leaves. And you have Katie and Ross there. I mean, at first, Harden was coming off the bench at first. He was. Yeah, he was. like because he played point behind Russell. He was Russell's backup for a little and it's bit. It's like, oh, I don't. I'm going to go to Houston, and then like, oh, I'm going here. You know, KD, like I'm, I'm jumping ship, and then Russ is sitting there, and he's like, oh, everyone left me. And it's like, all right, now where I'm going to go? It's like, man. Well, the Warriors had the money to keep all those guys there too. Oh, two things with the they Warriors. Had the owners, they had the ownership. You're, you're in San Francisco, which is a great city to be in if you're a millionaire. So that's pretty appealing. You're in Cali, a dope-ass city. But they and also then, had the cap to keep all these guys. two is Seth Curry is probably the most unselfish, true superstar in the history of the NBA. Like, that guy just gets it. Like, you know, I and like you know, and that's what it is. It's like guys like, but where did he get picked? He was, he was like number 10 or 11. And the crazy thing is with Steph, people forget it took him about six, seven years to get going. They didn't even it, think he was going to translate. They him to the yeah, box. Yeah. They were going to do it, and then they got cold feet, and they decided one more year. And then that next year, he took off and was like, holy shit. I mean, so picture that if he got traded to Milwaukee and did all this in Milwaukee with Giannis coming aboard. Like, so it's that's why it's just, John, you said well, it a lot. Don't, lot don't forget who, so who their coach is. What's that? They're, don't forget, like, their coach played on a team that fell apart because of poor management and egos. Yeah. So he saw it firsthand. And then, and then you have guys like Popovich, right? Same sort of thing, right? I mean, I don't know Pop Pop's NBA career if he had one, but like he was able to cultivate that team to sort of stick together for years and years and years and years and years. And years. You know. That's unheard of right now in NBA basketball. I mean, other than maybe Miami recently and the Warriors recently, like that really, you know, there's 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 chunks of errors that really have the dynasties. But like, what do you have? You have the Pistons one year, and then what did you have? Yeah, I'm sorry, I missed the Lakers. So it's a great the Lakers is a good one. Um, and then you got one, teams that are like one and done, like. Maybe the Bucks are like one and done teams, you know. Like I don't, you know, the Raptors Lakers one, one and done. done two years ago, you know. Like so. Hey, I'll, I'll take right now, John. I think us being a one and done. If we could get one and then we fell apart, oh well. Like uh, um, that's how I feel about the Eagles building. You, you, no, no, I'm just gonna team. say that's. Just I, give me I the one. Just give me the one, though. I and that's and I and I I feel it more and more with this team because the Eagles are probably. I think my third favorite franchise in this, I, mean, I think it's Philly, Sixers. They kind of are the top. And then the Eagles. You can come off the podcast. Yeah, but, um, but I know the feeling because I'm so invested in the Sixers franchise since the tank happened <laughs> that I just feel betrayed if we don't win one. Like, I, and, and that's why I get so – I probably come off like very harsh about it. But I see guys like you, Matt. I see our buddy John Broyles. I I watch his tweets and the countless other friends that we know that are huge Sixers fans. And I'm like, I'm watching these guys get their hearts ripped out. And the, do they understand like 
how fucked up their ownership is, like that they're getting treated like this. It's like so fucked. It's it's just to me, it, it's just it's an insult because I think Philly fans are smart fans. Yes, we have a percentage of as as Jesse would say, mouth breathers. But, <laughs> but, but for the most part, for the most part, we know our shit. That, that, that's that's trademarked. That's <laughs> for the most part, we're we're smart fans. We don't want to be lied to. We're blue collar, right? And you see, which what you get with us as fans, it's no different. We want our frosties, right? You know, no, we do. do it, we buy the jerseys, we buy the hats, yeah. we watch the games. Like we pay forty bucks for parking. Like, yeah. And again, but, here, but here's the thing: like, I we don't have another. We don't have a choice. Like, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. John, <laughs> if John, if Lori's son takes over the Eagles and runs that team into the fucking ground, mm-hmm. you will still be a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I mean, depends how bad it gets. You will still be a Philadelphia Eagles fan. You know why? Because you were yeah, born a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Sure. You're, it's in your blood. It's in your family. It's 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 a piece of you. It's a part of you. Carry it with you every day of your life. You always have. You always will. You will. You will always be a. You will always be a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So like, no matter how bad it gets with the Sixers, yeah, we'll we'll go away. We'll go in our hole. We'll cry. We'll we'll find a bar like Bill's going to and drink ourselves into oblivion. I mean, shit hammered drunk. It's in my pants. Don't brought to you by brought to you by Bullet Bourbon, official sponsor of uh, Four Fit Podcast. Fucking case. Uh, But at the end of the day, we're still we're still gonna we're still gonna wonder who they're gonna draft that year. We're still gonna wonder what 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 they're doing at the trade deadline. We're still gonna we're always gonna. You know, I mean, care a lot, to your point, though, Matt, I'd care a lot less. That's why I don't want Deshaun Watson on this football team. I would okay. care a lot less. God, I think Matt's I care a lot less. I, I, I think Matt's and, and I know you get it, I guess. But like if the Eagles went five and 12 for like four or five years in a row, you would be disappointed. But you wouldn't be like, fuck this franchise I'm out. You know what I mean? Like you would support them and hopefully, you know, still study them and say, well, why would you like? You would be involved with like, why would you have to this guy, or why do we do that? Like, you wouldn't be that's, like, oh, these guys, they lost. My point. my point is like, yes, losing seasons is one thing. Trying to do something like, if I was a Redskins fan, or excuse me, a Washington Commanders fan, I would be finding a new team right now. Right? No, like, you no, you wouldn't. I absolutely, would be. No, you absolutely. wouldn't. Yes, I would. No, no, you wouldn't. John, you will never, ever, ever, ever root for another football team but the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm telling you that if they did something as bad as what they've done, I would totally find a new team. Absolutely. Who would it be? I'm curious. That's that's my my thing. Like, I don't want Deshaun Watson on this football team. Yes, to your point, I would still I would still watch them. But I wouldn't care as much with Deshaun Watson. I'd wait till the day he's gone. And then I'd be right back on the bus. And people will call me a shitty fan and everything else. But I don't want that guy on my football team. I think you're not in the minority there, John. I think most Eagles fans want no part of him. 
I, I think you guys are all full of shit. You guys are full of shit. Full of shit. I am willing to bet that if Deshaun Watson is on the Philadelphia Eagles, you guys are going to come up, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Maybe he came too. I mean, you know, Mike Vick went to jail, and he's reformed, and he learned from his lessons. (laughs) You guys are so full of shit. This is done way too much. I think we've talked about way too much Sixers bullshit. Now, now you guys are just talking. You guys are being Marmalukes. No, this is this is ridiculous. This is totally ridiculous. We're an hour and fifty-one, fifty-two minutes into this. This this podcast is done. What? Who do you guys want to win the Super Bowl? And then we'll be done. Because I'm done. I'm done. And I, I'm, I'm, John, I'm, I'm with John. I would be, I'd be out on the Eagles if they brought Watson. Said the Rams two podcasts ago. It's not changing. The Rams, Jesse. Uh, I kind of hope. I'm hoping for chaos. I kind of want the Bengals to win. I hope the Bengals win too. Bill, uh, Jesse, I want. I, I want to see Joe Cool but one more cigar this year. I mean, That's I don't. Right. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put money on him, but. Okay. Now. The million-dollar question, is James Harden a Philadelphia 76er come Thursday? No. I hope he is. I say yes. Jesse? Yeah, I, I I, think, I mean, at this point, I think Maury is just playing the long game. And he's like, look, he because eventually the Nets are, you know, the, the Nets are in the same position. They're falling off a cliff a little bit. You got guys that are hurt. Guys don't want to play, and and Hart, and Hart has got to be like, man, you guys recruited me to come here. This motherfucker don't want to play anymore. This guy can't stay healthy. Like what the fuck? So yeah, I I think I think it's it, like the eleventh hour, but it 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 happens because at this point they've been talking about it for so long that both sides look bad at the at this point. If you don't get it done, you don't. If you don't get it done, you both sides look bad, and then Harden walks in the off season for nothing. Like it, it they they've got to get it done. So Jesse's a yes. Yes. All right. Hit us up on the social media interwebs. Uh, until then, be good. Go Bengals. And go Birds.